Hi guys, it's Kara, host of Everyone's Business But Mine. And let's be real, one thing that makes the show possible is by selling sponsorships to advertisers. One way you can support us in getting more sponsors is by telling us a little bit more about yourself. You can do that by filling out a quick survey at the link in the show description. Plus, your answers are anonymous. They'll help us learn what you love most about the show and how to make it even better. The questions will ask you about the things that help advertisers understand the audience. It'll only take a few minutes, and it's an easy way to help the show. So you can find the link in the show description. Thank you so much, and stay tuned for the rest of the show. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. I've been going to Fashion Week events since I was literally in eighth grade when I was babysitting for the editor of Seventeen magazine. And I know what a fashion show looks like. This is not a fashion show. Welcome to another episode of Everyone's Business But Mine with me, Kara Berry, reporting live from Gigi Hadid's new womb. Wow. What news? If we ended last week with our first coronavirus, a la Kristen Cavallari and Jay Cutler, more on that later, we are ending this week with the first corona pregnancy um, of Gigi Hadid's and allegedly Zayn Malik's baby. (laughs) Why am I saying allegedly? Because frankly, I have questions. Every baby is a blessing, right? But here's the thing. Apparently, Gigi's 20 weeks long. And 20 weeks ago, she was dating um, a guy from, I don't know, the Bachelor universe. I don't know if he's a bachelor or a bachelorette guy. Um, But they were dating around the same time. Now, is it possible? She was sleeping with both of them at the same time. Absolutely. You know, she and Zane have been back and forth uh, on and off for quite some time. So who's to say? A lot of people think that her relationship with Gigi or excuse me, with Tyler Cameron was a PR relationship. But I just find all of that very confusing. Like, what's in it for her? Really? (laughs) And I feel like... You know, PR relationships are very much a thing. Shout out to Sean Mendes and Camila Cabello. But I just feel like it would have had to take everything in Tyler Cameron's piggy bank to 
even like put a down payment on a PR relationship with one of the top models in the world today, right? So like, I don't know. I'm just very confused. Speaking of men from the Bachelor universe who are dating way outside of their league, I saw an article from Teen Vogue about Sarah Hyland and, oh my gosh, what's the guy's name? Wells. (laughs) Wells Adams, who they have now put their wedding planning on hold because of the pandemic. Um, I feel like this is... You know, like I I tweeted earlier, like I have zero opinions on either of these people, um, but I do feel like this wedding is never going to happen, right? Like it's, it's not happening. Um, I, yeah, I, I don't know you guys, what am I talking about? Let's not talk about people on The Bachelor. (laughs) Um, let's go back to Kristen Cavallari and Jay Cutler's divorce. Now, I hope you guys all listened to my episode with Troy McKeady, um, called This Marriage is Dunzo. It came out last week. If you haven't, I highly recommend checking it out. Every conversation I have with Troy is a treat and an honor. So, um, we just always have so much fun. Um, but here's a, I don't know if you could call it like a new development, but here's what's happened on the internet. So, uh, we talked about Kelly Henderson, uh, Kristen's former best friend who during season two, there were rumors of, uh, Kelly and Jay having an affair with each other. Um, and they address it in the current season, season three, Kristen says that she never, ever believed that that was possible. Didn't ever believe that that would happen between them, but she was upset with Kelly. And the reason for the breakdown of their relationship was the fact that Kelly kept, um, mentioning Jay, tweeting things about Jay, quote, tweeting things about Jay and the show. And Kristen just found that very inappropriate. Like why put more fuel to the fire? You know, that these rumors are out here. So, you know, like just shut your mouth. Like you're supposed to be my friend. Um, And she also felt like Kelly was really taking advantage of both Kristen's fame and her burgeoning fame from being on the show. All those things which are completely believable. Um, So a couple days ago, Kelly tweeted a picture of her like sitting on a porch with obviously a man. You can only see their arms and his leg and, uh, you know, they're holding drinks and, you know, uh, having, you know, enjoying a cocktail on this great day or whatever. So, excuse me, people on the internet immediately clocked the fact that the guy was wearing bracelets and that there was a great similarity in the bracelets between this forearm, (laughs) this wrist, and, um, a picture that Jay had posted, um, a while back on his Instagram that showed like a similar wrist or excuse me, a similar bracelet. So it's like, the brace is like one of those, you know, like beaded things that are all the rage now. Um, in my opinion, I believe that a straight man would not wear these bracelets unless they were given to him by a child or his children or by a woman that he's interested in and wants to have sex with. The braces look very similar. They're not, I don't think they're exact, but they do look very similar and they're like multicolored. So maybe like if you shifted it, you could see that they were exact, but they're very, very similar. There's no doubt about that. Now, I 
posted this on my Instagram at everyone's business but mine and I have never seen <laughs> and on my Twitter as well. You can follow me at EBBM podcast. I have not had a response, negative response like this um, in the podcast history. People were going up for Jay. People were calling me embarrassing. People were saying, this is so such a reach. How sad for you. Can you imagine having that strong of an opinion about Jay Cutler? You guys, calm down. <laughs> As somebody who was born in, in uh, Illinois and therefore, you know, I feel like I believe that once you leave the Midwest, it never leaves you and that you have to remain loyal to the team that you were um, born into. So as a, you know, a Bears family, um, I, you know, I'm not a sports, I don't know sports, but I do know enough to know that Jay Cutler was a massive disappointment for the Chicago Bears. And yeah, so the fact that people ride so hard for him (laughs) when he was basically... (laughs) And the embarrassment of the Chicago sports system um, until he left is wild to me. But that's another story for another day. Um, But I think the interesting thing is that even as of now, Kelly has not addressed anything. Any of the comments, the thousands of comments that she now has on this post. She hasn't, you know, there's not been an IG story. It's just business as usual. She has not said a thing. Does that make you guilty? I think a little bit. Um, even if it is not this guy, there have been reports about her having a boyfriend. Um, the only thing that I was able to see is that she dated some guy named Bobby Bones, who I guess was a uh, American Idol guy, but I looked at his Instagram and he very much has a new girlfriend. So um, <clears throat> I didn't see any other man on her Instagram since then. Now, um, I, you know, does she owe Kristen anything? No, I guess if they're not friends and if she and Jay are not together, then maybe in a technicality, she does not owe her anything. However, I think if you know that this woman has had a big divorce announcement, you know that they've now broken up. I think it's probably best to, if it's not Jay, address it. I think she knows exactly what she's doing. She's drawing attention to herself over, you know, rumors about somebody else's relationship. And I think that's like a really shitty thing to do. And I think that there is a responsibility to say, you know what, this is, even though this is not my situation, you know that the rumors that people have about you guys and for you to not even address it, to keep the picture up and knowing that there are thousands of people saying, is this Jay? What is happening? What is the truth? You know, all of these things. I think it's really shitty to not address it and, and say like, Hey, I would never do this. I didn't do it in the past that I have a new boyfriend. You don't have to show his face, but just say like, this is not Jay. And like, please leave me alone. I would like to be excluded from this narrative, right? Like, I just think, you know, if it's not like girl code, then at least be like human code, right? I don't know. Anyway, let's get into a little bit of a Kardashian corner, shall we? Um, so Kendall, 
Kendall was spotted a few days ago um, with a basketball player. Ugh, what is this guy's name? Kendall has a penchant for dating, with the exception of Blake Griffin, um, like the most like middle of the road basketball players. And I'm like, girl, you can do better than this. I don't know. Um, she was with, oh my gosh, what is this guy's name? Devin Booker. Um, she was spotted at a rest stop. They were going to the bathroom. They were going, you know, in the middle of a road trip. Um, so, you know, obviously people had opinions on that. Apparently, according to her camp, she is hanging out with only a small group of people who are, have, um, you know, obeyed the self-quarantine, self-isolation rules. And so they're all like allegedly being safe by hanging out with each other. So, um, they were spotted out together. Um, they said that they're just friends. Is this interesting? Not really on its surface, but it is interesting if you know that Devin Booker is Jordan Wood's ex-boyfriend. The great thing about Kendall is that she, how she's able to do this is that like with all of Kendall's boyfriends, romantic relationships, any like gossip that comes out about Kendall, it's like, yeah, it seems really boring. But then there's always like another layer to it that like most people aren't aware of. Um, and that's what makes her a messy bitch. <laughs> but she's low key messy. She's a sniper coming up from the side of mess. Um, so there were, you know, a lot of people who felt a lot of way, felt some type of way about that, namely Jordan, who, uh, tweeted a couple trash can emojis that same day that those pictures came out love to see it um but she kind of like took back the narrative and you know like a lot of people were saying like oh she likes to be passed around by all these dudes in the nba um blah 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 she's a hoe whatever whatever and um so one person on twitter was you know, coming out and being supportive of Kendall and said, uh, maybe she's passing them around. And to which gender, gender, (laughs) uh, Kendall Jenner, uh, replied back, they act like I'm not in full control of where I throw this cooch. Now that could be tea and shade at the same time. You guys, we can, we can sip our tea in the shade. (laughs) Is it? Yeah, I don't, I don't enjoy a slut shaming situation. My only issue with this is that like, she, you know, this is Jordan, Jordan's ex, and I don't like the mess of that because we all know why. Seems a little hypocritical, sis. Um, But, you know, take back the narrative, girl. It is your vagina. You can do whatever you want. You can bounce back from the Eastern Conference to the Western Conference to, you know, the Bulls the Suns, the Utah Jazz, uh, the Hawks, the Hawks. I'm from Atlanta and I'm I'm struggling to remember. I, this is all of my knowledge of, uh, uh, basketball. You can do the Knicks. You can do the Nets, whatever. Girl, I love it. You like it. I love it. Um, yeah, I mean, I, in a, in a, in a, in a better world, we would all know, could somebody, like, do a, um, a family tree, if you will, of, like, 
all the dudes that Kendall smashed because that's where the real juice is. I would love that. If somebody could do that for me, I would be eternally grateful. Um, more things in the Kardashian universe is... Um, so like last week it was reported that Kanye had taken some of their children to Wyoming and we talked about that, how stupid it was, how foolish it was, how it doesn't make any sense logistically because they have the, a huge house and they have multiple huge houses in the LA area. Now there was a and a few articles that came out, um, I think Us Weekly was the one who broke it. It basically said, you know, we might be getting another coronavirus divorce, you guys. The the heat is on in the Kardashian West home. So, uh, a source at Us Weekly dished that Kim is starting to get fed up with Kanye as social distancing period weighs on. Kim and Kanye have been arguing a lot during the quarantine, the source said. Kanye is really getting on Kim's nerves. Now, apparently, here's what's happening behind the scenes. Kanye is using his newfound free time to get back in touch with his artistic side, as I'm sure most musical artists are. Um, he's been, quote, focused on creating lately, which is making Kim feel like all of the parenting duties are falling on her and the nannies. Um, the source also added that Kim finds it frustrating that Kanye doesn't ask her how he can help with the kids. Um, so apparently, yeah, this goes back to Kanye taking the kids out to Wyoming last week so she could spend some time with herself. Um, it's a huge chaos with all the kids at home. Kanye escapes to his office for a work break, a source told people. Um, and yeah, like I said, he, he like took some of the kids to, uh, Wyoming <clears throat> and apparently they have been taking turns caring for the kids. Is that what you do when you're married? <laughs> now, technically, yes. Technically, if you're two working parents and we're all in the situation, then yes, you would presumably trade off duties of caring when the one has to work. And, you know, that makes all the sense in the world. Doesn't make a ton of sense if you guys have a slew of, of household keepers still in your home. Not so much. It, I mean, I don't like, I don't appreciate, like, let's just tell the whole truth. Like, you guys have hired help. They're still working with you. You guys can shift the cameras away very quickly if you want to. <clears throat> but we all know the truth. Um, it, so to say, like, oh, it's been tough juggling and all. You really have to put yourself on the back burner um, and just focus on the kids. Um, this is Kim saying this. Let me say, being at home with four kids, if I ever thought for a minute that I wanted another one, that's out the door. It's really tough. Um, so I'm just confusion about the situation. It sounds like they're maybe, you know, those people over at gender communications are re reframing this situation as like, Kim is just so overwhelmed with all of the things that she's doing, all of her philanthropic things, all of her legal stuff with, um, you know, inmates and prisoners and, Maybe we're setting up the narrative of Kanye being not present in his marriage and in his relationship with his children. Now, could I have told you guys this four years ago? Absolutely. Do we think that Kanye is changing diapers? Never. 
<laughs> do we think that Kanye, every time I see Kanye with the kids, he always is looking at them like he's never seen them before. Like he doesn't understand how to have a relationship with them. Like, obviously I'm not in their, um, in their home. I don't see them on the day to day, but just from what I do see, I do see that he looks at them very confused and sort of like almost afraid of them. Not like in a Samara from the ring way, but just like, I just don't know how to interact with children sort of way. Um, and, you know, like I said, with the pandemic happening, I think it is really reframing. I, I think it's really putting respect perspective on uh, celebrities and their relationships, because we all know that Kanye and Kim are not used to being with each other all that often, that they really have benefited from um, being very busy, traveling, him being on tour, what have you. And so to have to be in the situation where, you know, like the tours aren't happening, the studio sessions aren't happening in the same way, the, uh, you know, it's Met Gala weekend, you know, they wouldn't be in New York right now. Uh, you know, Kim wouldn't be traveling to, you know, I don't know, do a photo shoot in somebody else's bathroom for skims. Uh, and they're really, their universe is much smaller than it usually is. Like, yeah, we're going to see the strains of these relationships. We're going to see how these people deal with having to have like a more normal day to day, you know, a uh, 99% relationship. And I think that it's really, really going to be interesting what happens. I think even in the next month, I think there are going to be a slew of divorces happening, a slew of breakups, a slew of weddings that, you know, just don't ever come to fruition. And frankly, I love to see it. You guys aren't here for me to be a nice person, right? So... I have no problem saying just between us squirrel friends that when I heard that Kristen and Jake got a uh, divorce, we're getting announced their divorce. I have not felt a joy and invigoration in my blood pumping like that in a good six weeks. And that's fine. Like if you don't like it, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> You've been on this ride for long enough to know. It was absolutely invigorating news for me. Um, let's get to, I don't know. What else can we talk about? Oh, so I have now finished season two of Summer House. I am told that I was supposed to start from season three. Couldn't do it. Have to see the whole thing. Now we're, now I'm finished with season two. I am going to be starting season three in like a day or two. Um, I am so excited. <laughs> I am fully in. Um, I bought a twisted tea the other day and tried it. It tasted like, I mean, you know, like, like a truly or a, um, spike seltzer, uh, tastes like, you know, like we have these things that like, we're used to it tasting normal, like a regular seltzer, a regular flavored sparkling water right but like you can taste how you can taste the alcohol in it when it has like 
a spike situation, right? So the twisted tea tasted like, it didn't taste like tea that had alcohol in it. It tasted like tea that had been sitting in the sun, like it had gone bunk. Like, you know, when it, you, you have something that's cold and then it gets warm, it's like, it just tasted off. Will I have another one? Probably. <laughs> because I think what it would benefit from is actual lemon. So if I put like an actual lemon in it, I think I can make it work. And it really wasn't bad. Um, Has anybody, I'm going to put out an APB for anybody. If you have tried, um, I, uh, oh my gosh, Loverboy, let me know. I know, shout out to Lucy. She says she's tried it. I've heard a lot of mixed reviews of people who like it and people who really didn't like it. Um, so let me know what you guys think because I noticed a lot of people on my Instagram had bought the Loverboy 3-pack. So let me know what you think. Let me know about the flavors that you bought and let me know if you liked it or not. Is it worth the investment? I've heard that you can find them at the Whole Foods. I'm not trying to go to Whole Foods right now. Like, it's not worth it for me. I looked online. The cheapest one that you can buy is one single can for $14.99. I'm definitely not going to be doing that. Maybe when the bars open again, I'll try one. I looked at the list of the bars that it's available at. And in terms of the bars in New York, they're available at every bar of like a finance douchebag who... I had like one and a half dates with, and then he decided that he liked Coke a lot more than he liked me. <sighs> Triggering. Um, but, <laughs> but, um, I don't know. Maybe I'll have to go. If somebody wants to go to Ainsworth Social with me, do a little taste test. I'll try it out with you guys. But if you have tried it fully, DM me and let me know what you think about it. Um, what I think about season two of Summer House, it is very interesting to me. So what I, I, season one was very much like a hate watch for me. Like I was entertained by how stupid people were. I hated Christina. I hated the relationship between Christina and Lindsay Hubbard. I hated the relationship between Lindsay Hubbard and Everett. I hated the relationship between Everett and Christina um, in sticking up for Lindsay. Um, I hated the twins. I hated Carl. I basically hated everybody on that show except for Steven. I found him to be very funny. I found him to be like very quippy, kind of like the talking head of the show. Um, the peanut gallery of the show. I thought he was really entertaining. Now in season two, I gotta say, Steven was one of my least favorite characters least favorite cast members there was a darkness to him in a way that was not enjoyable like you could tell that there was something going on with him you could tell that there was like he was just like mired in insecurity uh, there was just something very weird about his energy and I wasn't finding that he was being like this light-hearted funny guy anymore and he just seemed like a real sad sack um, I also found out that apparently <laughs> one work is, is worse than the both of them together. How did that happen? <laughs> um, I refuse to, to remember which one is which. Um, this is how I take my power back as a black woman. I think Lauren was the single one and Ashley was the married one. I think. Now, 
Lauren, apparently between season one and season two, had a relationship with Carl. In the fall, they had their little thing, but apparently Carl ghosted her one day and they didn't really have any communication until they were back in the summer house. There was also an issue with Steven and Carl. They had a great friendship, if you want to call it that, in season one that carried on into the fall. But then they had a falling out. Now, apparently what happened was that Carl had admitted to being in some sort of orgy, foursome, fivesome, I don't know. But he admitted to getting filleted by a man, told Steven that that was the best head he had ever gotten. Steven then decided to tell single twin, Lauren, that what Carl said, Carl denied it when Lauren um, uh, confronted him about it and said, Steven is a liar and he's saying that because he has feelings for me. That part is fucked up. Like, it is basically homophobic to say (laughs) that oh, this gay guy is lying about the encounter that I had and he's only saying it because he has a crush on me. Like, that's that's a really fucked up thing to do. I completely agree with Steven on that. But I also don't agree that Steven had any right to tell Lauren. Like, why was that his story to tell? And I understood that, like, it, yeah, like, it just wasn't, his, it wasn't for him to say and it didn't really have any relevance to his relationship with Lauren. So I'm confused as to why Stephen felt the right to say something like that, especially when Stephen has such a, like a complicated situation with regards to his sexuality. I just thought that was like a really uncool thing to do. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Now, do you have every right to be mad at Carl for lying on you? Sure. But you also shouldn't have said it to begin with. Um, I... I just really didn't like Steven. I definitely saw his point, but I didn't, I just didn't like the way he went about it. I don't understand. Like if you felt like what Carl was doing was homophobic, then why would you then invite him to pride with you? Um, why would you then out what Carl said again on TV to the married twin when she was in town Um, I just think that's really weird and I don't understand why he felt the need to 
tell anybody, but then say it twice and another time on camera. Um, I found myself having maybe not sympathy or maybe empathy is the better word for Carl. Um, I enjoyed how open he was being about his issues with his family. I felt like every time he apologized to people, he seemed very thoughtful and intentional in his apologies. Um, more so with respect to Steven, I think with Lauren, it's just like, there's something about him. It seems like he just can't be faithful to women. And that's a problem. And to me, it's like, yeah, don't apologize to her if the next night you're going to bring home a girl. It's weird. Um, I, who else did I know I like? I, okay, so now Kyle, who had broken up with this chick, Amanda, but continued to have her over at his house, at the summer house every weekend. They are now fully together and have been that whole year. So things are great. They're Mr. and Mrs. Send It. Um, but they keep getting into fights because Kyle seems to have an alcohol problem. I don't know why you need to be drinking that heavily all day long, every day, like three weeks, three days in a row. It just seems like a lot to me. Um, I don't love their relationship. I feel like Amanda seems to be, or is much younger. Like she's at this point, like in her mid twenties and he is, he turns 35 during that season. Um, it just always felt like she was sort of like wrangling cats when it came to him. Like he was always just getting super sloppy drunk and like ending up eating chips bleary eyed (laughs) at four o'clock in the morning. I don't know. It just seems like they were on very different pages. Um, I don't know. I didn't like a meet. I thought he was a non-factor. I didn't like Danielle. I think her name was, I thought she was kind of a non-factor, Um, who else is on the cast? I think that's it. I don't know. So I found season two, if I found season one to be a good hate watch, I found season two to be a bit of a slog and boring. So I'm now ready for season three and I will be talking about it. And I hope it's as good as everybody says it has been, because if not, it's your head. Okay. Before I get into my um, Real Housewives of New York recap, I just wanted to recommend one more thing. It is Netflix's A Secret Love, which is a documentary um, chronicling the decades-long relationship between two women, um, one of which who was a um, a baseball player for the All-American women's team. If you guys have seen A League of Their Own, she was one of the people. She's not a Rockford Peach, but um, she was on one of the four teams. Um, I thought it was really great talking about like their struggles and their lives together and just like growing older together. I thought it was like a really, really lovely documentary about love, which, you know, is, is a hard thing for me to, uh, to get into, frankly, because I'm a hard scrabbled, cold hearted, black hearted bitch, but it was great. (laughs) So I I totally recommend it. If you guys have time, get into it. Um, and yeah, let's get into the Real Housewives of New York. It is fashion week, unlike Beverly Hills when Kyle said during the premiere that like, 
oh, we always go to um, New York Fashion Week and it's like a thing. I'm like, is it? <laughs> it's definitely an actual thing for the New York Housewives. Uh, the overarching theme being that Sonia is going to be having a fashion show for her line, Sonia by Sonia Morgan. Um, Tinsley, we start off the show, Tinsley is doing, she's going to be closing a show for, um, a designer called Garrow Sparrow, and she's really excited. She gets, um, the dress and, and the crown. She's so excited to be wearing a crown. I gotta say, I hate her interview look. It's like maybe one of my least favorite looks across all franchises. It's like Pepto-Bismol pink shirt with the high ponytail and the parted, bangs to the side. I really don't like it. She looks like, I don't know, like a, some, some kind of fancy dog. Um, so Luann is, uh, getting ready for a new segment of her cabaret show, a completely innovative segment called, uh, fuck, Mary kill. If you guys ever heard of that, I haven't. Wow. What a true innovator. Um, Ramona is working on her stomach with Coco She's doing crunches in her living room and she's saying, you know, the basically like if you're not, if you're an elite person of the upper echelon of society in Manhattan, like Ramona, I guess is, uh, you basically have to go to New York Fashion Week. Otherwise you're going to be ostracized. And she doesn't really like going to the shows as much as she used to, but she doesn't want to be seen as a leper socially. God forbid. And God forbid I'm like a woman in my 60s worried about having to go anywhere, frankly. <laughs> um, so she's doing crunches on the floor. And you guys, I got to say something that is controversial, something that I've hidden um, because I know a lot of people have to deal with this issue, and especially in New York. And you know what? I don't like to be polarizing on the podcast. <laughs> But I have to speak my truth. And that is, I hate parquet floors. Just watching her do crunches, I know, she paid for that apartment, millions of dollars for the apartment. If a decorator did not tell her to change those floors, they should be shot. I don't like them. I think that it makes apartments look really old. And I think her, all of her apartment is like white, like she's Barbara Streisand or something. It's like shades of vanilla. Shout out to Rana Glickman. <laughs> and the fact that like there's this like dark wood parquet floor just really takes it out for, of me. And it makes it look like they're trying to cover up the fact that an old woman is living in this apartment. Hate it. Hate a parquet floor. I'm speaking my truth, you guys. I'm sorry. You're just going to have to deal with it. Anyway, it's now five days out from Sonia's show. Um, and she's having a meeting with a team. It's going to be a ready-to-wear collection, she says. So all the pieces are under $250. Uh, it basically, they're trying to work out logistics around the table. And it doesn't seem like they're really a very professional bunch here. Uh, Scott... The location scout says that he got a, a restaurant for a venue. The restaurant holds about 225 people. That's the capacity, but they have invited about 75. <laughs> Sonia, in true Sonia Morgan fashion, says, well, 75 people is not nearly enough people. I have about 200 people come to my gay parties every week, and 75 of them usually end up dying. So... <laughs> 
um she just truly like the things that she says she's a true comedian and that's why i appreciate the real housewives of new york Sonia's basically all business. Um, she says that she thinks that her team might just be under the impression that she's trying to throw a party here and that in actuality, she's like really trying to build a brand and build a business and that there are several uh, brands that are in talks with her and interested in her, you know, to work together. So this is like a real serious thing for her. Now we get Tinsley going to the Garo Sparrow show. She shows up in her crown with her hair and makeup already done, her signature, you know, 2006 curls are out, Dale's with her, she's so proud of her sweet little 44-year-old girl, Dale starts to cry because Tinsley looks like her own self, old self, and we all know that that means that Tinsley looks like the it girl that she used to be, <laughs> so Dale's like choking up and Tinsley's like oh don't stop crying because if you cry then I'll cry and, and Dale's like oh oh what you know what's wrong with us and they start laughing because Tinsley's like oh there's so much wrong with us <laughs> I am so bad at impressions but I'm sticking with it you know God bless the Mercer slash Mortimers. Um, Tinsley says she feels like she's back to the girl she lost when she left New York. All the girls show up to the show. Tinsley is now dressed and the look is giving me Betsy Johnson. It's giving me Jojo Siwa couture. It's like a black and blue dress. It's strapless. It's got a poofy uh, skirt the skirt the underskirt rather is like bright green she's got to wear these awful <laughs> awful like saddle shoes that are all like encrusted and and um glitter and stuff it's it's a, it's a rough look. Tinsley's not happy that she has to wear these flat shoes. She says, I'm going to fall on these. I wouldn't fall on heels and I wish I could wear heels. Uh, Dorinda is a little bit shady and she's like, you know what? I'm, you know, even though we're not on the best terms, I am here to support Dorinda or Tinsley. And, you know, Tinsley really likes this sort of like Disney princess, yellow brick, brick road stuff. And it really works for her. <laughs> like She's trying to be nice, but that's shade. Uh, Amanda Lepore is in the show and wasn't this the show that, uh, Dorinda and Sonia had to apologize for because they got caught like, ask, like being transphobic towards one of the models asking if it was a boy or a girl. Like it's interesting that that never came up because they really got into a lot of trouble for that. Um, Leah says that, you know, Tinsley walks down the the runway. She's doing her thing. Leah says, you know, I first heard about Tinsley when I was like 19 or 20 because she was the it girl at the time. And this sort of thing is what Tinsley's made to do. And she, you know, Tinsley really owns the runway. I, I can't complain about that. Next, we go to the Pamela Rowland show. Ramona's a friend of hers. So she says that she got everybody um, front row seats. <laughs> Luann is backstage waiting for the girls and she just as confidently as you could be goes into the hair and makeup chair and gets her hair done from this guy. The guy says his Chiron says Loic, um, L-O-I-C is his name, hairdresser for the models actually in the show. <laughs> Luann's excuse for getting her hair done 
with no permission is that she went to go home to go change in between the Garrow Sparrow show and the Pamela Rowland show, but she didn't have time to do her hair. And this is all fine because she was a model once. <laughs> in typical Ramona fashion, she manages to beat out Lou and just by a smidge of being slightly more horrible and kicks a woman off of the step and repeat, not once but twice so that she can get a picture with Pamela Rowland and she makes a professional photographer take a picture of them on her phone so she can post it onto social media. Um, the second time that Ramona kicks off this lady, she says, you know, I'm going to interrupt her. That's what I do. <laughs> She's so unbelievably rude. Ugh. I would love to see Ramona in action because it's very clear. Like it seems like now more than ever, Ramona is very focused on her image in New York society and being famous and stuff in a way that like, I don't, I don't remember having that vibe from her in past seasons, but it seems like it's very important to her now. Maybe it's because she's single and she's like, you know, if I don't have a man, then I could at least be like a woman about town. I really don't know. But Ramona's just a monster. Um, okay, so then John is there. Dorinda's now ex-boyfriend. He's got many stain kits because he works for a dry cleaner or he owns a dry cleaning, Madame Paulette. Uh, and Ramona is like, well, is this going to fix my duvet cover? Because uh, Tinsley... T tinsley because <laughs> her tinsley um mess up my duvet cover by putting hot sauce on them we get a flashback to tinsley and the pasta that she brought to bed with her when she was drunk the night before in the hamptons and she says that there was just like a little bit of sauce that got on the duvet cover not really a big deal Tinsley shows up to the show and Ramona's like, you know what? I was very upset about the fact that you stained my duvet cover. And Tinsley in the talking head says, it's not like they were for sheets. Like they were from Bed Bath & Beyond. If she wants to complain about this so badly, I will get her a new duvet cover. Like it ain't worth it, girl. Um, the show starts and Sonia is not paying attention at all. She is on her phone texting the entire time not looking at any of the looks that are going across the runway Ramona is absolutely horrified and says this is absolutely so rude Sonia's trying to get her shit together in terms of her show and it is rude like it's rude to be not paying any sort of attention to the show that somebody's uh, throwing and you're in the front row um, apparently what's happening is that the they were talking about the models earlier in the show and Ramona was going back and forth with one of the, one of her team about getting models from one, uh, agency instead of getting them from different agencies because things like this happen. So now she's got to scramble and try and find the models because she has a fitting for her show the next day and the models are dropping like flies. So the ladies go to Boberg, which is a restaurant I've been really wanting to go to because it's so cute and like, you know, seafood and it's downtown and it's outside and stuff. It just like, it's like a really cute vibe. You can go and sit outside and watch the boats and, you know, maybe next year. Anyway, Dorinda recalls a time to everybody where Ramona ordered two dozen oysters, but wouldn't let her have a single one. Like absolutely was like, had a shit fit and was like, why don't you just order your own oysters? And Ramona's like laughing and laughing about how horrible of a person she is. Um, 
Drano's like, it's disgusting. You're going to turn into a vagina. We get a flashback from last year of Ramona eating oysters. And honestly, it was very sexual in a way that I knew Ramona probably was. It was very telling. But it's like also something that I didn't need to see on the big screen, a small screen, any sort of screen, computer screen. Even on even on my phone, I wouldn't have wanted to see that, but I digress. Sonia gets up to leave because she has got, like I said, the fitting for her show and she's got to figure out what all is happening with the models. Ramona's like, you're being so rude. And she's like, why can't you just multitask? And then they finally get Ramona to sit down, excuse me, Sonia to sit down at another table to like do her work and then come back to talk to the girls. Um, <laughs> Ramona at one point says, Sonia, stop making making a mole out of things. And it is truly incredible to me that Ramona has gotten this far in her life with the fact that like 20% of the things that she say says just makes absolutely no sense. Um, Sonia, like I said, she's figuring everything out. Leah shows up and she was supposed to be at the Pamela Rowland show. So Ramona's mad at her because she didn't end up showing up. But Leah basically says that she kind of needed a little bit of a break because she called her father to find out that her mother is not speaking to her. Now, apparently her mom's not speaking to her because she's upset that Leah has decided to start drinking again after nine years sober. And, you know, Leah says that her mom was triggered by it because she can only picture her younger self being like a wild party girl. And we get this picture of uh, Leah with a backwards cap and a very, like, uh, tattoo, tattoo ask the, the girl band, uh, haircut. It, she looks like she was like big into raving, that kind of vibe, a tongue ring. I, I imagine Leah had a tongue ring at some point. Um, Leah then reveals that she told her mom over text message and Ramona is like horrified, but Leah's like, well, I'm a millennial. That's like how I communicate. So then it gets into this conversation with all of the women about how kind of like their dynamics with their mother and how they communicate with them. Dorinda and Lulu and say that they don't really tell their mom like big things like at all. And Lou was like, well, I told her about the arrest, but I kind of had to because it was going to, you know, come out. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist-approved, so fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this Allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. 
Um, Tinsley says that she's basically afraid of Dale, which is something we all were well aware of, and that basically Dale was uh, upset with with Tinsley because she had her hair curled at the show and Dale doesn't like it. She's going on and on Tinsley about the dynamic between Dale and like, she's like, you know, she just wanted my hair bone straight and blah, blah, blah. And Dorinda's like completely over it. And Leah and Dorinda kind of bound about it. She's like, I'm not going to say anything, but this is basically bullshit. And she um, puts butter knives in her ear to kind of stab herself. Uh, the next thing we are at the Married to the Mob office with Leah, and Leah claims that she paved the way for women's streetwear brands 15 years ago, and it is clear to me now, like, it was always clear to me, let's be real, but it is now abundantly clear to me that Leah does not have black friends since Baby Fat came out in, like, a good five years before Married to the Mob, but okay, Christopher Columbus, whatever. Leah says that her type of feminism is, you know, that she got into the streetwear industry because she liked wearing men's clothes, but she wasn't seeing women's style streetwear. And she says, like, her idea of feminism is that I can do whatever the boys do and I can do it better than them. Okay. Leah's baby daddy Rob shows up and she says that they're basically like an amazing married couple that doesn't live together or have sex with each other. Rob had just dropped off Kier, their daughter, with Leah's mother. And Rob is basically in agreement with Leah's mom that she shouldn't be drinking again, that it's not a good idea. Leah says that Rob and her mom are basically like the pillars in her life and you know like so that when they disagree on her life choices it's like a big thing for her leah starts to cry and because rob basically is like you have to get right with your mom if only for the reason that like she's basically the caretaker when we can't take care of Kier. Um, so you need to like get your shit together basically leah starts to cry and says like she can't believe that her mom is still so judgmental of her after all these years like she can't see her as the 37 year old woman that she is now is rob hot can you guys tell me if you guys think rob's hot he has like he has that kind of like sexy vibe to him but is he hot he seems short and for leah to have such a gripe over all these episodes about short guys it seems kind of weird that she had a child with him maybe that's triggering to her i don't know it's now the day of Sonia's show, and Dorinda's getting ready at her apartment with Luke, and she's picking out pieces that Sonia had given her. She gave her, like, a couple pieces, but of course she goes for the Liza Minnelli-esque uh, magician jacket, sparkly jacket. Um, as she's getting her makeup done by Luke, she, Luke is asking, like, oh, what's the deal with John? And Dorinda's like, you know... John never messes an, misses an opportunity to fuck up, and we're now seeing, like, the decline of her relationship with John. And basically, she says that, like, she's upset with him and has not spoken with him in two days because, the, basically, that John is kind of like a party boy, and she doesn't understand why he feels the need to go out so much. And basically, what happened is that he wanted to go to a party. Dorinda said no. 
he went to the party anyway and she only found out about it because other people told her and she says you know it's kind of disrespectful that he would do these things basically behind my back she's like I'm not worried about him being inappropriate or something but I do think it's weird like I told you not to go to this party and yet you still went anyway and I just feel like there's a lack of communication and a lack of respect with regard to my desires as you know your girlfriend uh I can kind of agree with that I don't know let me know what you guys think I don't know do you think Dorinda is in the right or or in the wrong with that it the vibe that I got was that she basically is uncomfortable with it. Like John will basically go to, you know, the opening of an envelope, it seems like. And then she just is not in that place in her life right now. Uh, then we see Sonia getting ready at the show. She's at the venue. Nothing is done. She's running around yelling at people to put the seating charts, uh, together there are still people seating charts on the floor people's names were on the floor dorinda arrives ramona sonia is running around like a chicken with her head cut off and you know she's not even dressed for the show so now we're at the end of the episode leah and tinsley are driving to the show together and leah is wearing a dress with lil kim's mugshot all over it Tinsley's like, well, it seems like you're not wearing a Sonia dress. I am. All the girls got the chance, you know, were provided clothes to wear. So what's up? And Leah says, well, you know what? I texted Sonia with pieces. Like I went to look online at the website of pieces that I would like to wear. I gave her my sizes. I texted. The text screen shows up on the TV and she says, <laughs> well, what I got was this. And she pulls out like a, you know, like a, uh, what do you call it? Like a takeout food bag. And she pulls out a two-piece gray, basically like cashmere pajama set, a bright pink fedora, and these like Elton John kind of sunglasses. And she's like why would you send me this when I showed you the pieces that I liked, which were all kind of like nude illusion type dresses, like cute dresses. And you're giving me pajamas basically. And so Leah basically thinks that it is a passive aggressive move on Sonia's part that she gave her this outfit because uh, she was still mad at her because of the argument that they had in the Hamptons. It's now 20 minutes into the show and Ramona is, Sonia is still doing the seating charts. Ramona shows up and she's, <laughs> says in a uh, talking head, she's like, I don't really know why this is a fashion show when all of these pieces are all made. This aren't designed by somebody in collaboration with Sonia. This isn't like these are pre-made clothes. So why are you having a fashion show? All of these pieces that Sonia sells can be found and have been found on Amazon and AliExpress. So really it's just like an Instagram boutique brought to life. John shows up and Dorinda didn't even know that he was coming and basically says that she only sees John at events now. Uh, John kisses Leah (laughs) 
<laughs> and right after he walks away, Leah whispers to Tinsley that he got sweat all over her. Leah shows all the women before the show the pajamas that Sonia gave her, and they're mortified. The show finally starts, they get seated, the show starts, but it's like there's no fanfare because there's no music, there are no lights, it's just women walking around. I can't imagine going to a fashion show with no music. How dreadful. Uh, Leah says that, she, you know, the, the, the models are walking down the runway and they're like, all the girls are like, oh, Leah, you could have worn that. You could have worn that. You could have worn that. That's cute. This is your style. You could have worn that, like, being so shady. And Leah's just, you know, pissed all over again. She says she's, you know, like, I'm in the fashion industry. I've been going to these shows since I'm in eighth grade because I used to babysit for uh, the editor of Seventeen Magazine. And this is not a fashion show. Uh, the show ends. Sonia hugs all the girls and she sees she takes one look at leah's dress and is like oh is that beyonce it's little kim <laughs> so mind you that when dorinda saw the dress earlier she said something along the lines of like oh yeah i get it like that's gangster blah 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 i know that there have been a lot of opinions about people wanting to have a black housewife on come to new york but I gotta say, uh, I think every black woman in New York needs to be spared because no woman deserves to hear stuff like weird things like, oh, it's gangster and blah, blah, blah. Like, can you imagine the conversation that Ramona would try to have with a black woman? Ugh, chills up my spine. Sonia asks why Leah isn't wearing the cashmere outfit that she got her because she's like, it was an L. Why wouldn't you wear it? And Leah says to Sonia, she's like, you know what? You're full of shit. And basically, you're full of shit for giving me this outfit, and it's passive-aggressive. Sonia says, I didn't have time to be passive-aggressive. Like, I have no idea what you're talking about. And so, to prove a point, Sonia puts on the pants in front of everybody, almost takes off her top, but decides to be a little bit more classy by taking off her top in the kitchen, in which their chefs actually, like, prepping food. <laughs> and they're looking at her like, what the hell? Who is this lady? And Sonia comes out and models the dress for, ev or excuse me, the pajamas for everybody. And they're like, oh, no, that's horrible. How dare you? How could you do that? She's prancing around with no shoes. She's got the pink fedora on. Leah says that she <laughs> looks like a pimp in pajamas. And frankly, I couldn't agree more. And that was the end of The Real Housewives of New York, you guys. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you have not, I and you are able to, I have a Patreon happening at patreon.com slash EBBM podcast chronicling the 2014 docuseries on OWN about Lindsay Lohan. Things are hitting, heating up. And this week, a Bravo celebrity shows up. Wow. I screamed when I saw this. <laughs> All right, you guys. Um, thank you so much for listening. Thank me for speaking. I love you.